So the wine was for the master of the feast. It wasn't for Jesus and his crew. Hallelujah. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the wine, the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior, you have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Canada, Galilee, and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. So he didn't drink the wine. Amen. That would have been all right if he had drunk the wine. But I'm just saying in this story right here, he didn't drink the wine. Y'all, 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 y'all still here? Yep. But that ain't what I want to talk about today. I ain't talking about drinking wine because I know don't nobody here drink wine. Hallelujah. Maybe a little whiskey. No, no, I'm, 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 I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Amen. Uh, but I want to get uh, this verse right here. Uh, verse 5, his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. So, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about ministry today, if that's alright. You know, I was going to do it anyway, you know what I mean. A lot of folks see other people doing ministry. You know, pastoring, preaching, prison ministry, and it looks so easy. You know what I mean? I'm, you know, I, I, you know I, I mean, you're it looks so easy. Uh, y'all see what I'm talking about? Well, and, and I've heard people say, well, I mean, since it looks so easy, I can do that. No, you can't. Why? Because he didn't tell you to do that. Let me read it again. Uh, she said, verse 5, his mother said to the servant, whatever he says to you, do it. A lot of people get in trouble where ministry is concerned because they see somebody else doing it. And they see the success that they have doing it. You know what I'm saying? They don't know what they did to get be successful. But they're judging based on the person. They're looking at the person or they're looking at listening to how they're preaching or whatever and they feel like they can do it better. Don't get nervous now. You know what I'm talking about? So they feel like I'm going to start me a ministry like that. Well, no. You're getting ready to get in serious trouble. Not y'all, I'm just saying, people by Facebook. You know, because you, you need to find out what God called you to do. Amen. God ain't called anybody to do the same thing. Amen. You know, the word talks about, you know, the, the hand can't say to the foot, I don't need you. We're, we're, we're all the body of Christ. You know what I'm saying? So we are the body. And the Bible talks about the body, uh, and it talks about the hand can't say to the arm, I don't need you. You know what I'm saying? All the foot can't say to the head. You know what I'm talking about? And so all of us, we're in the body of Christ, and everybody got a part to play. Everybody can't play this. Play what if everybody was ahead? Like the word says, where would the hearing be if nobody wanted to be a ear? Are y'all, y'all still here? So it, it don't make no difference what you do. I mean, it makes a difference what you do. It ain't no big eyes. Uh, ain't no big eyes uh, in Christ and little use. In other words, this guy right here ain't great because he's doing such, such, such thing. You know, he's he's bigger, he's greater than that guy in there because he's pastoring or he got an international ministry, so he's greater than that guy. No, uh, what that guy got, that guy might be doing some great work. You know what I'm talking about? But did God call him to do that? See, you only get paid from God by doing what he called you to do. 
you know, you can be on a job. You know what I'm talking about? You can be on a job, you know what I mean, uh, uh, and working and uh, feel like somebody else working and you feel like you can do it better than they did. You can get over there and get doing what they're doing. And then you can, at the end of the, end of the, end of the week, you're expecting a paycheck. You ain't getting no paycheck. You know what the boss is going to say? Well, yeah, okay, I seen you over there, but I didn't ask you to do that. How many know what I'm talking about? That's something you did on your own. I ain't paying for that. This is what I hired you to do. Amen. Now, whatever God calls you to do, he equips you to do it. You know what I'm saying? If God calls you to do something, now, now God don't go by your intellect. He don't go by your knowledge. Uh, he don't go by your knowledge of the word. That's where people get hung up because they, you know, they know, they know, they know the word. You know what I mean? So evidently, uh, this is what I've been called to do. Well, there's somebody who know more word than you do and ain't been called to preach. His name is Lucifer. <laughs> I'm just helping y'all. Satan, Satan knows more word than everybody in this room. You know what I'm saying? We know how you, we know he know where he quoted the scripture to Jesus. How I many know he quoted scripture to Jesus? So he know the word. He was there when the word was being was when the word was being written. You know what I'm saying? But just because he knew the word didn't qualify him to stand in that office. I'm gonna do this anyway. You know what I'm saying? Y'all probably you know I'm gonna do it anyway. You know we was talking about on the road. You know what I'm saying? You know like something like a lot of folk. I tell people this. That if you're born again, if you're born again, there will be a time in your life when you will hear the voice of God clearly. And a lot of folk hear that voice and just know that they 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 are a prophet. Because <laughs> I heard God said this, he said it. And then I said what God said, and it came to pass. So I'm a prophet. No, you are a good sheep. Amen. What do you mean, good sheep? Well, look at John chapter 10. Am I doing all right? Yes, I know I am because I just got started. <laughs> John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Amen. John chapter 10, verse 1. Uh, most assuredly I say to you Jesus talking he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way the same as a thief and a robber but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep to him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and the sheep hear his voice and the sheep hear his voice so if you hear the voice of God you are a good sheep you ain't no prophet now, in order to be a prophet, you have to, there is, uh, there is the gift of prophesying. Now, to prophesy means to speak forth under the inspiration of God. Saying it out, that's prophesying. Or y'all tell me I'm talking about when you speak it out, that's prophesying. But that ain't no prophet. If you're going to be a, a prophet in the office, of a prophet, you got to have three other gifts operating. You got to have the ability to speak forth on the inspiration of God, and then you need, and then, and you must be ordained. 
You must be ordained because your gift has to be judged. So you have the ability to speak it out, and you must be ordained, and you got to have the word of wisdom or the word of knowledge or tongues and interpretation operating in you in order to be in the office of a prophet, and 99% of everything you say come to pass. If 99% don't come to pass, you ain't no prophet. You're a prophet lion. <laughs> you know, a lot of people have general prophecies. What I call uh, 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 glittering generalities. You know what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. The Lord showed me. He's getting ready to bless you. Well, I don't need no word from you to say that. The Bible says that I'm blessed. I can't fight that. Because the word says that I'm blessed. So that ain't no word from the Lord because you tell me that I'm blessed. Or y'all still here, you telling me something I already know. You know, that ain't no, you ain't prophesying. You just saying something. Now if you would tell me how I'm getting blessed. You know, the Lord said he's going to bless you in the morning. You're going to go down to what's name? Y'all saying there's going to be a $500 bill there. How many know what I'm talking about? Y'all see what I'm talking about? And then tomorrow I go down there and there's a $500 bill. Oh, you was right that one time. I say, amen. So I'm going to wait to hear something else from you. But just telling me that I'm blessed. You know, people don't know you're blessed. Oh, I see the call of God on your life. Everybody say that. I tell guys in the joint, I mean, when I go in, Everybody that goes to church in prison, somebody that came in there and said, I, I see the law, I see a call on your life, brother. And they walk out of there thinking that they called to preach. They ain't seen nothing. The Bible said many are called, few are chosen. Everybody's called to be saved. So they say they see a calling on your life, right? Call to be saved. Not called to be a prophet. Don't get that was called preaching real good. You know what I'm saying? See, it's whatever God tells you to do. And when God tells you to do something, uh, since it's, the, there's another verse of scripture that says the, call, the gifts and calling of God is beyond repentance. Now what that means is when God calls you, he don't repent. You know, I've seen, I've been doing this 41 years. You know what I'm saying? And I've seen folk that's pastoring, uh, big church or whatever. And then I look up, you understand, and several years down the road, I run into them. How's your church going? Well, I ain't doing that now. Oh, yeah, what you doing? Well, I'm working on, I'm selling roofs. What happened? Well, the Lord had me doing that for a season. Well, that let me know, you understand, he, God never did call him the pastor. Why is that? Because the Bible says, see, you got to go by the word, not by what people say. The Bible says the calling and gifts of God is beyond repentance. <clears throat> what that means is God don't change his mind. If God calls you to do something, he ain't going to turn around four years later and tell you to do something else. Now, he'll add to that call. Y'all see what I'm talking about? He'll add to what you're doing. Y'all see what I'm talking about? But he ain't going to just take that away and say, okay, now... Pastor Bobby, y'all saying you've been doing prison ministry? Y'all say I'm talking about, well, now that, 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 that time is over. I know you didn't. I know you didn't. So that time is over. So now I'm going to call you to do this. No, no, that ain't God. And you can get in serious trouble. 
What do you mean get a get a citizenship? You can go broke. I know a lot of folks went broke. You know what I mean? They they see prison ministry. Y'all say what I'm doing. You know what I mean? They see we got a Jesus house. And so in their mind, they think, well, anybody can do that. All I got to do is just get a place. Y'all say what I'm talking about. Just get a place. You know what I mean? And get the men coming. Okay. Y'all say, okay, how are you going to get the men coming? You going to advertise? How are you going to advertise the prisoners when you can't go in prison? <laughs> Excuse me. How are you going to advertise the convicts and you can't go inside? You going to put it in the newspaper? I have a Jesus house right here. All convicts uh, uh, right so you can come in. Amen. It don't work like that. But I've seen a lot of folks start that and they'll start and then they get down the road a while and then they go broke. Why? God didn't call them to do that. Whatever God calls you to do, uh, 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 wherever the spirit of God guides, he provides. Yeah, I know why I'm saying this. Somebody need it. Uh, money does not produce ministry. Let me say that again. Money does not produce ministry. Some people feel like if they got the money, then they can have a ministry. You feel what I'm talking about? Money don't produce ministry. Ministry produces money. If you're doing ministry... You're doing what God called you to do. You're doing ministry. You understand what I'm saying? Then it's God's responsibility to supply. Why is it his responsibility to supply? Y'all still here? Why is it his responsibility to supply? Okay. Uh, you know, ain't nobody playing? Okay. I'll say it again. Why is it his responsibility to supply? No, it ain't, it ain't because he's your father. Huh? Because he's the one that's the best for you to do. No, it's because he's the one that called you. Okay? In other words, he's the one that hired you to do the job. Amen. You feel what I'm talking about? He's the one that hired you to do the job. So if you, if, if somebody hired me, ain't they, they supposed to pay me? Yeah. I mean, you going to work free? No. Huh? No, when God calls you, you know what I'm talking about, then he'll provide. Now, if you feel like you're doing something for God and, and ain't no provisions coming in, you miss God. I've talked to a lot of folk. Uh, y'all see what I'm talking about? Uh, I mean, one brother, y'all saying he, uh, he was a truck driver. A few doors was open. He was a truck driver. And he came in here one day. I'm sitting there at the desk. And he said, Pastor Bumba, I just talked to my wife, and I've decided to start living by faith. I said, okay. How you gonna do that? Well, I'm just gonna live by faith. Okay. Uh, is there a church where you're gonna be preaching at? No. Uh, any doors open where you're gonna be preaching at where you're gonna get an offering? No. You ain't on staff nowhere with nobody? No. Well, you can't live by faith. You're gonna go broke and starve, and your wife's gonna leave. <laughs> I mean, that's what I told him. You know, I said now, because people think living by faith means you don't work. No, living by faith means you're living, you're living based on what God called you to do. Faith is acting on the word. Are oh, y'all see what I'm talking about? Yeah. And so I told him, I said, now what you should do, 
Now, now that was a great man of God, a uh, great man of God by the name of Smith Wigglesworth. Smith Wigglesworth was known, you understand, uh, for raising people from the dead. Nobody had a ministry like Smith Wigglesworth. When God called Smith Wigglesworth to preach, Smith Wigglesworth, he lived in England, and he was his profession was a plumber. And he had clients. I mean, he worked in, uh, in the Queen's house. Are y'all still here in the house? I mean, you know, he had a nice clientele business. And God called him to preach. And uh, he told the Lord, he said, Lord, you know that I like nice stuff. I like nice shoes. I like nice clothes and everything. So he said that when my ministry gets to the point where it can support me in all that, then I'll quit. And that's what he did. And that's what I told that guy. You know what I'm talking about? No, you work your job. Stay on your job. Drive that truck. And if God has called you, then doors will open. And as those doors open, you can get so busy working for the Lord, you know what I'm talking about, that you ain't got time to do this. Am I making any sense? So it's whatever God calls you to do, you understand? So you just call God, you know, I, you know I've, uh, 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 we was out, we, we, we was in, in, in Tennessee, well, it's just like, I, I said, it's just like, don't get nervous now, I'm going to say something. Uh, just like me and a bunch of my folk went to North Carolina uh, years ago. I took a bunch of guys in there with me. They seen, they seen, boy, we was in all kind of prisons. I said, we was in all kind of prisons. Don't get nervous now, we were in all kind of prisons. It was so easy. You know, we go in, no problem. No, I mean, everything was perfect. And I didn't, you know, somebody else set my schedule for me. I mean, it was so perfect. So some friends of, of those who went down with me, don't get nervous now, they seen how easy it was. Because God called me to do that. And so they said, well, hey, man, when we going to go down there? I said, well, I ain't going down there for, for a while. Well, is it all right if we go? Sure. Sure. So, you know, they contacted my friend down there, Captain Long Pryor, y'all see what I'm talking about? And, you know, and they told him, we want to do, you know, we want to go inside prison like Buffers did. Amen. So Long Pryor called me. Don't get nervous, going to preach real good. He said, hey, Buff, that's how you talk, you know. He said, man, I can't let them guys do that. He said, they, don't get nervous now. I'm, I'm saying this humbly. He said, they want to do what, they, what you do. He said, but they can't do what you do. You know what I mean? He said, you the calling card. When prisoners down there know that you're coming, they open up the door. He said, they don't know nothing about none of them. He said, now they can come down. I can let them speak in my place, but that's about it. Why is that? Was it because I was a superstar? <laughs> Even though I am. Don't get nervous now, but I'm, I'm just saying. No, it was because that's what God called me to do. You know what I'm talking about? Because God called me to do that, he opened up all them doors. And, when, and, and so it's easy for me to go in there. You know what I'm saying? I don't have no static or anything. Why? Because God opened up the doors because that's what he called me to do. Now, I can send somebody else in there. You know what I'm talking about? I can send other people in there to do what I'm doing, and they'll open up the doors and let them come in there on the strength of what I'm doing. You feel what I'm talking about? But if, if you want to do it on your own, they're going to tell you no. 
I've had I've had uh, years ago, years ago, I took some people in. They want I want to go in prison with you. I want to go in prison with you. So I took them into prison with me to Putnamville. Here's what a lot of people don't know. You know, I'm up there preaching, and as it was over, the chaplain said, "Hey, hey, Pastor Bumpers." He said it was a couple. He said you got to watch that couple. I said, "Why is that?" He said, "Now all the time you up there preaching, they down there in my office, telling me how great they are and how anointed they are, and you ought to and and, and I ought to let them in there to, to minister everything." You know I me. Mean? He said, "I told him no. Why? Because he recognized for somebody to do something like that is a dog." Well, I put it like it's here. You know, y'all don't understand this. But if you've been, some of y'all older cats, y'all might understand it. They were beating my hustle. <laughs> See, some of y'all young cats don't even understand that, you know. But, but a lot of folks try to beat your hustle. How many know what I'm talking about? Any, any old cats in here like that? You know, they see you, know, they see you doing it. You know what I'm saying? So they're going to go behind you and beat your hustle. No, you can't. You know, even though it wasn't no hustle, it was ministry. But there is what, it, it, in, the, in, the, in the church, there is what is called pulpit etiquette. Most people don't know nothing about this. Pulpit etiquette. Uh, <clears throat> me and uh, I was going to a church, uh, and uh, we was a members of another church, and I had some other ex-convicts with me. Y'all see, I'm saying one of them was my brother and everything. And so the pastor said, "We're going over to this church over here. I want y'all to go with me, uh, and y'all will have an opportunity to share your testimony." All right. So we go over to the church. You know what I mean? The church kind of got off. You know what I mean? They were singing and you know shouting and everything. And so, you know, time got away, so then the chaplain, I mean the speaker, uh, I mean the pastor, he got ready to shut it down. And he made a mistake. He didn't make a mistake. He said, now do anybody have anything said? We had a clown with us. Yeah, I got something to say. You said that when we come over here, we can share our testimony. And now you're going to shut it down, we can't share our testimony. So the pastor said, yeah, so he get up there and tell everybody they're going to hell. <laughs> You're going to hell, you know what I'm talking about. And so when we got on the bus, the pastor, driving, when we got on the bus, the pastor went, the pastor said, don't you ever do that again. It's called pulpit adequate. The pastor observes the right, that's his pulpit. He observes the right, you understand, if, if, you know, even though he said that time got away, you're supposed to respect that office. Are y'all still here now? So it's called pulpit etiquette. You don't let anybody in your pulpit. Just because they say they can preach don't mean squat. Devil can preach. What qualifies a person to be in ministry? It ain't how much word you know. It's how much you live it. See, as a, as a verse that say, you that teach that a, don't, that, a man, no, that a man don't steal, do you steal? You that teach us that a man ain't supposed to be getting high, or you getting high. Which I know anybody, you know, I'm just using it as, you know, as an illustration. No, the man of God must, uh, is supposed to be setting an example. You feel what I'm talking about? See, I don't want to hear from nobody ain't living right. I don't want no pastor, nobody want to tell me how to live. How many know what I'm talking about? And then I look up and you got four girls. And ain't none of them your wife. Does that make any sense? No. <clears throat> so God calls you based on your availability. See, God don't call nobody because they're qualified. Ain't nobody qualified to preach the gospel. 
God don't call you because you're qualified. He calls you because you're available. God don't use you because you're qualified. God uses you because you make yourself available. I know this is over your head, you understand, but you know, somebody might need this. Hallelujah. So, uh, so I'm called to do prison ministry, but we have a church. I'm not even going to tell you. Now our church is different. You ever notice how church, different our church is? Why y'all laugh at that, man? Y'all know Okay, well, well, I might well just give you a history of that. You know what I mean? Well, God called me to do prison ministry. All right? So I'm going to a church, and I opened up a little storefront. I wasn't hardly going nowhere. You know, I opened up a little storefront. You know, I'm doing license plates and all that, trying to make a little money. You understand what I'm talking about? And uh, uh, I, I felt like God had called me to preach. You know what I'm talking about? I felt like that. But I ain't jumping out there. You know, I ain't doing this unless I know that I know that I, uh, uh, that I know. And so I was in a church once, and the pastor had a, had a speaker over there, a prophet, and, uh, and she, was, she was through ministering, and she was headed up to the pulpit, and all of a sudden she turned around and came and stood by me. And she said, Brother Buffers, uh, the Lord told me to tell you to do what he called you to do. He said he has put a, 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 a staff in your hand. Well, I didn't know what that was then, but the staff was the word of God. That's what you whoop, whoop wolves with. Ain't no wolves in here, but I'm just saying that's what you, you know, that's the long cane. That's, that's what the cane, y'all didn't know that? You know, the shepherd carries that big stick. Y'all, you know, that's what the big stick is for. The big stick is to whoop, is to whoop the wolf when the wolf comes to steal the sheep. And uh, so I, you know, I didn't do it. And I started going to another man's church, me and my wife, and I had a radio program. And we was picking up. And so my brother, which I had led to the Lord, came out of prison. And him and four other guys was coming to their church where I was at. All right. And then they were, they were picking up on the church bus, picking up women from Women's Work Relief Center, where they had it down there on Minnesota Street. Well, this went on about a month, and then I noticed, you understand, that uh, uh, my brother there wasn't coming to church no more. And uh, they wouldn't tell me why. And then I noticed, you understand, that the girls down at, at, at the mission, I mean, uh, uh, work release, they stopped coming. So I didn't know, so I went down there and talked to one of the girls, why come y'all stop coming to church? They said, every time we get on that bus, that pastor's son start talking about you and your wife like you got two heads. And we just know if they're going to talk about y'all like that, we can imagine what they're saying about us. And we didn't want to tell you, you know what I'm saying? So, and I looked up, my brother found, they said, and the guys that came with my brother, two of them backslid. And then the Lord spoke to me, he said, now, if you had started your church when I told you to, they wouldn't have backslid. He's because if you're in there ministering to them, they're going to want to come where you're at. Are y'all y'all still here now? And like I said, all churches don't know how to receive ex-convicts. So that's why I started the church we got. That's why our church is crazy. I mean, not crazy, but that's why our church... <laughs> that's why our church is a little different. You know, because we got some of y'all in there. I mean, you know... <laughs> But, it, but, 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 but now you feel at home. Do you feel at home there? 
Yeah, you know why? Because you got your buddy sitting next to you. How many know what I'm talking about? You know, y'all been kicking it, right? Smoking your cigarettes and wham wham, zoo zoo. How many know what I'm talking about? You know? I ain't gonna say what else, but I mean, amen. You know what I mean? You, 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 but, 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 but that's the purpose. But, 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 but the reason why we are successful, is what I'm gonna say, is not because of me. See, it ain't because of me. It's because this is what God called me to do. Anybody got a question? What's different about the church? Well, you there. <laughs> What's different about our church is that you can't go to no church in Indianapolis and find a bunch of ex-convicts in there. You can't do it. It don't exist. It don't exist. You might find one or two ex-convicts in there and they, per- they hide you know what I mean? They, they, they don't want nobody to know they can't pay attention. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I mean? Because if they do, they're scared they might get put out and probably would be. Now, you can find them a little small church, you know, three or four people, because they're glad to have anybody. How many know what I'm talking about? But uh, uh, you, you ain't going to find too many ex convicts in there or street people. But that's what God called us to do. Hallelujah. Plus, we have. Uh, and you ain't gonna find this everywhere either. It, it, you ain't gonna find it. We have a very integrated church. Amen. We got white folks in there, black folk in there, Korean guy in there, Spanish guy in there, Puerto Rican. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> we're working on that one. Amen. Praise <laughs> the Lord. But, but we got some of everybody in there. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I mean? Which is the way the church is supposed to be. If you go to a black church, you understand, 99% of people in there is black. If you go to a white church, then 99% of the people in there is white. That's just how it is. It ain't supposed to be like that. You come to our church, you got all colors. Why? Because y'all convicts. I mean, not convicts, returning citizens. Any other question? You know, I got all day. Yes, I have a biblical question from first sure. Samuel. Yeah. said that the spirit of the Lord from the devil, I mean from God, troubled Saul, right? Right, the evil spirit spirit from from God, right? Trouble. Right. Now, this is a biblical answer. Uh, Now, in the New Testament, uh, there's a problem with that because there ain't no evil spirits in heaven. Now, this is a little deep, but that's the problem there also in first in first Samuel. Uh, because <coughs> who's writing first Samuel? Huh? I, I, I'm just letting y'all know. You know, somebody is God is using somebody to write first Samuel. 
Are y'all y'all still hearing how? He used somebody to write First Samuel and Second Samuel. All right. Whoever God, whoever God uses in his old covenant to write something, he has to use their understanding. You feel what I'm saying? So now, in the old covenant, in the old covenant, the prophets and all them, they didn't have no revelation of there being a person of devil. Old Testament saints, they were spiritually dead folk. None of them were saved. So they didn't have no revelation on there being a personal devil. Alright? The only revelation they had was there's a God. They knew that because of, you know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They knew there, there was a God. So anything that was supernatural, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> I'm receiving the healing. So everything that was supernatural, you feel what I'm talking about? Since they didn't have no revelation there being a, 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 a devil, had to be coming from God. So that's why they said an evil spirit from the Lord. Trouble Saul. You understand what I'm talking about? Why? Because it ain't nobody here, it ain't nobody in that other world but God. Ain't no, you know, they don't they didn't have no personal revelation of there being a devil. Is that a little deep for you? They didn't have no personal revelation of there being a devil. So anything that happened supernatural, God did it. In their understanding, because they was writing from their limited understanding. So a lot of stuff in the Old Testament, you'll see where God, they'll say the writer got to understand that uh, the Holy Spirit wrote the word of God through men. It said uh, men of old did not write from any private interpretation, but the Holy Spirit moved upon them to write. I always said this. Since y'all asked the question. Everything in the Bible, this is a little deep for you, so you got to hear it real, real quick. Everything in the Bible is clearly stated. But everything is not a statement of truth. Put this thing down and say it again, real slow. <laughs> everything in the Bible is clearly stated, but everything is not a statement of truth. I'm going to give you a case in point. Job said, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh, blessed be the name of the Lord. That was clearly stated. Job did say that, but that was a lie. Because God didn't take none from it. It was the devil that did it. Amen. If you read the first and second chapter, you understand what I'm saying? You see that the devil did it. Oh, y'all still here in the house. But, but why would Job say that? Because Job didn't have no knowledge of there being a personal devil. Where Job was concerned, anything that happened, God did it. You know what I'm talking about? So if, they, if somebody dies or whatever, God gets the blame for it because after all, who else is there? It ain't nobody else. Why? Because they didn't have no personal revelation of there being a devil. Are y'all still here in hell? So it is clearly stated. In other words, Job did said Job did said that, but what he said is not the truth. Now we know that know that because from the first chapter of the book of Job to the third chapter, the devil and God's talking. From the fourth chapter all the way over to chapter forty. 
Ain't nobody talking about Job and his dumb friends. And they talking like they really know God. And God don't say nothing for 40 chapters. And then on the 40 chapter, God said, okay, hey, now, y'all been running y'all mouth. This is what he said. Where was y'all when I did this? And then God started telling them what he did. And he runs it down for him for a whole chapter. And finally Job said, I'm going to put my hand on my mouth. He says, Job said, I'm going to put my hand on my mouth. He says, I heard about you, but now I know you. So Job was saying everything in the book of Job based on what he heard about God. He didn't have no personal relationship with God. He didn't have no personal knowledge of God. He just rehearsing what he heard from everybody else, what everybody else said about God. Are y'all still here in the house? And then when God show up, y'all stand, then, okay, y'all look at me like a, like a cow looking at a new gate. <laughs> y'all know what they look like? Y'all see what I'm saying? Let me, let, let me go and show you that real quick. Yeah, y'all looking at me like, duh? Okay, look at Joe. So Joe, uh, uh, you'll find out, uh, now in verse number 40, I'm in, I'm in Psalms, I got to be in Joe. Amen. I'm 40. Okay. Uh, well, we, uh, 39. Alright, now all the way up to 39, ain't nobody talking but, 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 but Job and his friends. 39 says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now prepare yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. Are y'all still here now? And so all of 39, God is dealing with Job, all, in 30, all of 39, and then all in 40, God is dealing with Job. Alright, and then look at, at 40. Moreover, the Lord answered Job and said, Shall the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? He who rebukes God, let him answer it. Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am vowed. What shall I answer you? I lay my hands over my mouth. Once I have spoken, but I will not answer. Yes, Twice, but I will proceed no further. Then the Lord answered Job out of the world and said, Now prepare yourself like a man. And he began to rebuke him some more. And now look at 42. You, you, you looking at 42, uh, Brother Williams? Yeah, you, yeah, okay. All right, 42 and 1. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything. And that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You ask, who is this who has counsel without knowledge? Here it is. Therefore I have uttered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak. You said I will question you, and you should answer me. Here it is. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Therefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Now, if you read the book of Job, you'll find that I'm telling the truth, that uh, 
Job chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, y'all saying God's talking to, to the devil. Amen. Tell me, have you considered my servant Job? Y'all see what I'm talking about? Uh, and then Job tells you why everything came upon him. Job wasn't serving God because of, out of, out of, he wasn't serving God out of, he wasn't serving God out of, uh, because he loved God. He said he was serving God. Job said, I'm going, I'm making offerings for myself and I'm going to make offerings for my kids too just in case they did something last night I don't know nothing about. <laughs> Now, why was he doing that? Because he had heard that if you didn't serve God right, God take all your stuff. And Job had a whole lot of stuff. And everything that happened to Job, it happened because of Job 3 and 25. In Job 3 and 25, Job said, the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. Fear what? Fear that I'm losing my house. Fear that I'm losing my money. And all that kind of stuff. Amen. So he wasn't worshiping God out of a pure heart. He was worshiping God out of fear. Because he had a bunch of stuff. They wasn't losing stuff. And he was only doing that because he had heard that God take your stuff. Y'all still here? Yeah. And then after God dealt with him, he let him run his mouth, him and his friends, y'all said from chapter 3 all the way over to chapter 39. And then when they got through running out, then God steps in in 39 and says, okay, now who are you? <laughs> you know, when you run your mouth like you know something. Where was you when I did this and I did that? And he went on and told him all about himself. And then finally Job said, I'm putting my hand on my mouth. I ain't saying nothing else. Y'all said, I'm saying, I had heard about you. But now I know you. And then what happened? God restored to him ten times what he had. Because God wasn't the one taking the stuff from him. Okay, then I heard that. I heard that. I heard that. Well, that means that the, that the God allows the devil to do stuff. Boy. He did in the Old Testament. You know why? Satan hadn't been defeated. I said Satan hadn't been defeated. Jesus came and defeated the devil. Is that right? Amen. Okay. He, well, why? Well, he still let him. Yeah. Well, you know why? Why God lets the devil do stuff? For those on Facebook, you ever read the back of the book? In Revelation chapter twenty, it says Satan will be cast into the lake of fire. And when he's cast into the lake of fire, there won't be no more crying. There won't be no more dying. There won't be no more sickness. Unless you know where it comes from. He's going to be cast into the lake of fire in the book of Revelation. What does that mean? That means until he's cast into the lake of fire, God has to let him be a devil. What does that mean? That means he's going to be shooting arrows at you. That means he's going to be trying to take you out. And God is not giving him the permission to do that. God has told you over here, in 20, I'm going to cast into the lake of fire. So here's what you need to do until I do that. Put on the weapons of your warfare Amen. so you can stand against all the wiles of the devil. Be sober. No Applejack, no Thunderbird. Be, be. <laughs> be sober because your adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. So God lets us know that Satan is here. He's going to be here. I've given you power over all the over not some over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will harm you. So I ain't allowing the devil to do anything. He's going to do that until he's cast to the lake of fire. So if Satan is doing anything to you, guess what? You are allowing it. That's what that verse means. That if that what that verse, whatever you bound on earth is bound in heaven. 
whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. Another translation says, whatever you allow to exist on heaven, on, on earth, I, your heavenly Father, must allow to exist. And whatever you disallow to exist on earth, I, your heavenly Father, must disallow to exist. So things happen to Christians just then because they don't know their authority. Satan take your money, oh Lord, why, why are you take my money? Why are you let it? Tell him bring your money back. How did I do that? Satan trying to lose my money. But now you can't do that if you think God doing it. If you think God is holding your money, or God laid you off your job, or God trying to teach you something, how's that resisting the devil? You ain't resisting. You playing right into his hand. But when you, when you know God and you know he ain't doing none of that, then anything, anything bad happens to come my way. Anything bad, anything bad. God ain't got nothing to do with it. That's the devil. Amen. And I can keep him off myself. Get off of that. Get off of that. Get off of that. Get off my kids. Get off my money. Get off my, you know, get off. Turn loose my money. Amen. It's a spiritual warfare. Now, if you, don't know, if you don't know nothing about that, then you're praying, Lord, when am I going to get some money? Never. <laughs> Lord, I need some money. Ain't nothing happen. All the money down here. Well, how am I going to get it? You got to name it and claim it. Blab it and grab it. Well, how did I do that? <laughs> he says, but my God will supply all your need. Right? According to the riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Right? So you got a need? How do I pray? Lord, your word said you supply all my need. According to your reason, go about Christ, Christ Jesus. I know you ain't lying, so I believe this need is met. That's right. It's met. It's I thank you that it's done. I praise you. Worship you every day. The money will be here when it needs to be here. It'll be here. It'll be here. Amen. And all the time you saying that Satan said it ain't coming. It ain't coming. It ain't coming. It ain't coming. <laughs> you all stop praying. It. All stop praying. It ain't coming. It ain't coming. And if you yield to that, it won't come. But if you hold fast in your confession, the money will show up. The job will show up. Oh, Lord, what am I going to do? I'm fired. Well, God must have another job for you. Where is it at? I don't know. God knows how do I, how do I get it. Job, come to me. I command that job to come to me now. See, but people don't want to do that. See, y'all don't want to act like Jesus. Jesus walked around, Jesus walked around talking to trees. <laughs> I mean, that's what he said. He said, No fruit grow on you forever. Kept on walking. The disciples looked at him. Did you see that? He was talking to that tree. They came by the next day. He said, Oh, Lord, Lord, look, the tree that you cursed has withered up and died. Jesus talked to arms. He said, Stretch out your arm. The guy could have said, But I came. But he acted on the word. When he stretched out his arm, his arm was healed. And then Jesus tells us the same thing you see me do, you go and do the same thing. We're supposed to be doing it. That's how we're supposed to be living. Amen. It's hard to get Christians into that, you know, because they, 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 they keep wanting to, you know, live beneath your privilege. You don't know how much power you got. But that's how you get everything. The world belongs to you. It don't belong to the devil or his crowd. It belongs to you. Well, how do I get it? You got to claim it. I claim a new car in Jesus' name. 
Well, my credit. I didn't say anything about no credit. God ain't said anything about your credit. He said, claim it. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So what have you been praying? If you ain't been praying nothing, guess what? You ain't got nothing. <laughs> a lot of Christians don't do that because, don't get nervous because I'm preaching real good. They're looking at their past. They're looking at them. Well, I know I ain't all that right. I can't be doing it. I know what I did last night. Not y'all, I'm just saying, you know what I mean. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I, you know I, I, I ain't gonna go to God like that, boy, but I know what I did last night, you know what I mean. Hallelujah. God allowed to strike me with lightning. <laughs> and Satan scares you, scares you all. I was up. We we just had a wonderful trip up there in uh, North in, in uh, 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 Tennessee, West Tennessee State Penitentiary. Guys doing life. There's guys that got born again when I first got there, when I first started going there, thirty some years ago. Still there, believing God for miracles. Believing God for miracles. You know what I'm talking about? We had a wonderful time. You know what I'm saying? And I told them, God, you know, the reason why you're here, the reason why you're here, the reason why you're here is because you're waiting on God. And you're going to be here till you do all your time waiting on God. Because God is waiting on you. Waiting on you to what? To declare that I'm a free man. As I told them, when you get locked up, when you get busted, when you get busted and then you get saved, God don't know what you did to get in prison. To a lot of believers, some of them in here, they, they don't have no faith to pray to God because they know, boy, they only knew all the stuff I did do that I didn't get caught for. Well, God knows it. When you got born again, he forgot it. I tell folk all the time, boy, if I had gotten locked up, for everything I did, I've been under the penitentiary. When I got born again, God covered it all up. All of it, all of it, all of it. I ain't sowing no wild oats. I sold the wild oats, and now I got born again, all that's under the blood. Your whole past is under the blood. You don't have no past. But if you keep on holding, holding, holding on to your past, your past will continue to dictate to your future. And you'll keep on thinking, I can't have nothing because you don't nobody know what I did. You know what I'm saying? You know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. No, God don't even know what you did if you're born again. Because if you're born again, he forgave you of all your sins, all of them, all of them. He didn't say, I'm going to forgive all of them except that one. All your sins. You don't have no past. So you're supposed to see yourself the way God sees you. God sees me as being righteous. I'm righteous not because of how great I am. I'm righteous because of what Jesus did. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Jesus became sin so that you and I might be made the righteousness of God in him. I'm righteous. Not because of what I do, but because of what Jesus did. Righteous means right standing with God. That means I can stand before God. I say, man, I, I can stand before God. I, here's something else. God hates for you to come in there begging. Oh, Lord, please. If God could say something, he would say, shut up. <laughs> That's how a lot of Christians say, oh Lord, God help you. Know, I mean, he says come boldly to the throne of grace. We're going in there whimpering and crying. That ain't boldly. That's whimpering and crying. And then you wonder why my prayers ain't getting answered. Let's let you. 
And then people, you know, they got, I, I tell you, they got false humility. Oh, Lord God, I know I'm just a sinner. I know I'm just a worm. I know I ain't no good. And then somebody hear you praying like that, and they say, hey, worm, now you're ready to fight. My name ain't worm. I mean, you, you know, but you're lying to God. No, you are the right. When you get born again, you're in right standing with God. You have to know that. And then you have, when you pray, you have to pray like I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to have this. I'm supposed to be wealthy. I'm supposed to be healed. I'm supposed to be blessed. I'm supposed to have a good job. I'm supposed to have money in my pocket. Why? Because you belong to God. You don't belong to yourself no more. You've asked him to come into your heart. You belong to him. I didn't say you was perfect. Ain't nobody down here perfect. You know, I mean, you know, I'm working on it. I tell everybody, I'm 99.9 tenths. <laughs> if you believe that, boy, no, ain't nobody perfect. God don't bless you because you're perfect. Be blessed because you know his word and you operate on that word. You know, you ain't the same man you used to be. Even though them crazy thoughts still shoot through your head, you know what I mean? You got to cast them head, cast them thoughts down. Now, as long as you, if you keep on holding on to them thoughts, you're going to keep on drinking. I mean, not drinking that part. I don't know why they keep, keep slipping in there, see? Because you see yourself doing that. You used to do that. But that's, that man's dead. Why do you keep on resurrecting him? Hallelujah. You know, I ain't got you in trouble last time. I'm just helping y'all. That alcohol, that weed, that Katie, amen. They got you in trouble last time. That man, they got you in trouble last time. How you think it ain't gonna get you in trouble this time? Same devil. Same devil. So he'll let you play around with it, play around with it, play around with it. Then all of a sudden he dropped a bomb on you. Felt like the whole kitchen sink and hit you. So then you just drink the whole fifth. <laughs> I ain't never no more. I'm gonna drink the whole thing. <laughs> Amen. So don't let Satan talk you back. Amen. Let me talk you up. Amen. Amen. Let me talk you up. Let me believe me. Let me talk you up. You know, God. God has a great future for you. You know, we we go on trips, man. We well, y'all, well, we party. We was all up there at the National Civil Rights Museum. You know what I mean? Some of that stuff, I sent them a text before. They, they'd never been, so I sent some of them a text. I said, okay, when we go up in here, you know what I mean? Don't get emotional and don't start, don't get mad. Come up when they went, they went halfway through, they came out mad. That's why I told you, man, don't get mad. You said, one of the brothers was just couldn't stand it boy. Okay, I, I was wiring you up. Now the Bible tells us forgetting those things that were behind. That was two. That was four hundred years ago. Are y'all still here in the house? You still want to hold on to that? <laughs> Kill him, go away. <laughs> well, if you want to hold on to it, then God can't use you. How can God send you to a, a good church? You understand where they're gonna give you good money, and you don't like white folks? How can ever come preach real good? No, you don't like them. Except when he gives you some money. It might. <laughs> so you think God going to send you up in there so you can be a blessing. How you going to be a blessing? You got all that dirt on the inside. You allowed to let it slip. <laughs> God is good. Now, I remember y'all did this. 
<laughs> you got to get free, man. You got to get free. <laughs> 